0: I'm going to be using my classical DJ voice because Rachel's mother is in town and staying with us and she likes to go to bed rather early. And so up next, we have uh, Mozart's 69th symphony (laughs) called (laughs) Lick Mein im Arsch. (laughs) Subtitled, Nice. Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set, a podcast about learning to appreciate an artist's back catalog, Season 2. I'm Nathan Hunt.
1: And I'm Cameron DeWitt, and we have learned to appreciate Garth Brooks' back catalog and now we're going to learn, ostensibly, how to, <laughs> well, we're going to learn to appreciate ICP, Inner City Posse, Insane Clown Posse.
0: I don't know how we're going to do that. It's not going to be we'll easy, see. that's for sure. Yes,
1: <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a learning. We're here to learn. It's
0: well, but on the other hand, Cameron, what have we done? <laughs> Did we make a <laughs> massive, <laughs> massive mistake? <laughs>
1: That's a great question. How many times did you listen to it, this album? Yeah, a, a lot, a lot se-
0: many times. Yeah. Really? Yeah.
1: Okay, I've listened to it twice. I yeah. really disliked a lot of it the first time, and a lot of it grew on me the second time, but some of it is still pretty um uh offensive to my sensibilities and maybe morals. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: anyway, yeah, I um, the first time I listened to this album was a couple weeks ago. I started listening to it even before we were done with Garth. And I just got Carnival like so, of Carnage. Carnival of Carnage. I just got so... Is the album? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, we should say it's ICP's first album from 1991, Carnival of Carnage. Um, yes. And I just got so excited. I was like, ooh, we can move on to somebody new. And yeah. <laughs> ICP is... I don't... Uh, I think one of, they're one of, in theory, one of the most interesting things to happen in music in the last 25 years mm. in some ways. Um, they're ridiculous <laughs> and kitschy and crass and fascinating. In fact, you could even say they're crassinating, just mm, not in this album. <laughs> Actually, I couldn't. <laughs> you couldn't. <laughs> um,
1: it's not, not going to be a thing.
0: Okay. Uh, Putting my
1: foot down. Okay. If you don't edit that out, I'm leaving the podcast. <laughs>
0: Oh, good. I can finally get rid of you. Um, (laughs) The first time I listened to this album, I had just finished listening to like a few NWA songs on my running playlist, Mm -hmm. I think. And I was like, oh, this is like not that discontinuous. This sort of sounds like 80s hip hop, like NWA. Um, And, you know, musically, I could could see that. It's like a lot of it's a not very good version of 80s style hip hop. Um, Yeah. But that was before i really started digging into the lyrics and i think the more i looked at the lyrics the less i like this album
1: yeah well maybe i should talk a little bit about uh who the insane clown posse is Mm -hmm. um to give people an an idea um so the uh it is a posse but there seems to be like at least in this album one main rapper who's in who does most of the verses
0: yeah I thought that was weird. Um, I, I thought it was yeah. I thought it was more of a duo thing, but it's pretty much all Violent J on this album.
1: Yeah, Violent J who is uh Joseph Bruce and um sort of serving as a hype man who says some pretty funny shit is uh Shaggy mm. Two Dope, Joseph uh Utzler, who um Gordon often Levitt kind of appear sorry, what?
0: Joseph okay. <laughs> Utzler Gordon Levitt.
1: That's the third Joseph. <laughs> JGL. Um Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Violent J is like kind of the main rapper and main character um, yep. in this album. And uh, Shaggy Two Dope is the hype man and also sort of is this uh, carnival barker and ultra fan of ICP. Mm-hmm. who's Sort of the <laughs> audience stand in for how, much, how cool ICP is. Uh, so those two, they uh, met in uh, Oak Park in Detroit. They did a lot of uh, DIY, like, backyard wrestling and listened to a lot of hip-hop. Joseph Bruce, Violent J, he started a gang called the Inner City Posse. Uh, He was jailed for 90 days in 1989 for death threats, robbery, violating probation. After he got out, he uh, started his pro-wrestling career um, and uh, I think at some point got uh, disillusioned with the politics of it i guess he's a
0: real andy kaufman
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and uh so they they started rapping and uh apparently there was some as they were gaining in popularity they were kind of like the targets of violence um in the city and uh i guess some radio stations were reluctant or resistant to um play their single Mm -hmm. because they were white um, well, so, you know, I don't know, I don't know reverse if you're going to racism oh God. strikes again.
0: I don't know if you're going to get into this a little later, but <laughs> point of order, violent J is white and shaggy Two dope is half Cherokee and half. Yeah.
1: White. I mean, they're both white in that they're wearing white makeup oh. all the time. <laughs> they're very literally white. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, they're not black. Right. Um, but, uh, apparently in order to distinguish themselves, they started rapping in this genre that was already kind of established, um, by this local Detroit rapper, uh, Esham. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, or maybe Esham, Esham. Uh, in that genre. They, they Esham. mentioned, Esham. they okay. mentioned
0: his name on one of the songs and I think they yeah. say Esham.
1: Esham. He's on a couple. He's on a couple too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's some notes on rap genius, like they paid. Isham uh five hundred dollars to be on this out on this track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they say that a couple times. Yeah, they do. Um so uh horror core though. Apparently Isham I haven't really dug into his music, but apparently he like talks about Satan and there's a lot of like supernatural and like horror elements to his music. Um although I guess the ICP unanimously decided to not rap openly about Satan. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, they might as well. Um, So but yeah, the initials ICP came first because that was the inner city posse, their gang. Um, And then I guess after this like show where a hype man had clown makeup and it was like a successful show. Violent J had a dream. This may be apocryphal. Mm -hmm. uh, Had a dream in which spirits in a traveling carnival appeared to him. Um, And thus insane clown posse was born okay well uh, while we're
0: talking about the idea of icp i think a couple things are germane to address here yeah um including violence misogyny boasting and persona and then i want to talk to you about the carnivalesque which is highly relevant um so let's start with violence uh I'm yeah. Go. content warning for this whole season. Yes. Tr- trigger warning. Um trigger trigger warning in a non-ironic uh way. Yeah. <laughs> um because there is a lot of violence on this record and I think in a lot of ICP records um yeah, there's a lot of like running around with axes they're they're basically like three or four instantiations of the same song where they're rampaging around killing yes. people with axes and they're all exactly the same we'll get to that but yeah. um i'm gonna go right ahead i stopped and
1: taking <laughs> notes after a while because i was like this, there's that song again
0: <laughs> it's so repetitive um
1: yeah.
0: yeah it's i'm gonna go right ahead and say the violence doesn't really bother me on this album um and i don't know what i, I have a lot to say about that so do you want me to Ask you first if the violence bothers you.
1: Uh, some of it I liked and was pretty entertaining to me. Um, some of the violent uh, there was a lot of uh, violence against women. Uh, there's a lot of um, there's there's a fair amount of like rape and sexual assault. Uh, yeah. and um, yeah, yeah, like sexual sexual violence and that definitely rubbed me the wrong way yes oh you're right i should be more i should be more clear about that that i
0: when i say violence i i meant i I mostly meant like um like murderous stuff like the yes the violence against women i think i'll talk about under misogyny and i think that's a lot more troubling than the violence in terms of just rampage and murder um And a lot of that is because uh, violence is a staple in hip hop in a lot of ways. And that's one of the things that people who don't listen to a lot of hip hop can be really turned off by. Yeah. Um, But I'll refer you to the poet and uh, literary critic and sort of, well, I was going to say sort of rapper, but she's a poet that sort of blurs the line between what a poet and a rapper are. Um, and her name is Tracy Morris. And she says the voluminous attacks throughout the years on hip hop lyrics that describe violent acts carry with them this misinterpretation of performative utterances for constative ones, or as -hmm. Tracy Morrow also known as rapper slash actor ice T stated when the former president of the national order of police chiefs responded to his controversial song cop killer quote, if you believe that I'm a cop killer, you believe David Bowie is an astronaut
1: but everybody wants david bowie to be an astronaut <laughs>
0: they do <laughs> if only he's he's in a better place now he's up there in space floating around with yeah. god <laughs> um and so one of the things that myself growing up in a segregated very white uh place and hearing a lot of like cultural substrate mm, just racist ideas about hip-hop um yes. one thing that I didn't really like understand about it. Is it's not necessarily an actual literal description or a an encouragement for people to do these kinds of things, right? And I think it's especially um, especially apparent in something like Insane Clown Posse that has just completely right. over the top violence. Um, yes, <laughs> and yeah, the word that Tracy Morris uses is performative. Yeah, and a lot of the criticism I've read about it. Uh, tends to cast it as a way of reclaiming power in a system that oppresses you. That it's sort of a reenactment or a or like a story or a fable about being empowered while you're living in a life that consistently disempowers you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, uh, Violent J is white, but as far as I can tell, he did gr- grow up in inner city detroit yeah they use the word the um, ghetto a lot on this album yeah and uh i think i believe him i haven't done that much research but i'm sort of taking its word for, taking his word for it i mean he's like fetishizing the ghetto a lot in this album but i believe that like uh at least until i'm proven otherwise that like yeah he actually has experience with um urban poverty right um yeah. yeah, all that to
0: say that the cartoony violence on this album doesn't really bother me.
1: Yeah. Some some of it's kind of gross. Yeah. In in a way that's like a little bit unsettling, but I wasn't actually offended cuz I've definitely been conditioned to uh see violence or like consume violence as entertainment. <laughs> Performative violence, so yeah, like, that's, yeah. that's another thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, if if you want to see like a an example of uh, violence that most people don't seem to take absolutely literally. You can look at something like um, Kanye's song Monster. Tom and Jerry. Or Tom and Jerry. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think a song like Monster or plenty of other like hip-hop songs of recent years, yeah. people seem to be a little bit better about not taking that literally than yeah. maybe they were in the early 90s. Yeah. However, it is the misogyny on this album that is pretty off-putting um and oh, man it's so bad it's it's just so prevalent it's just everywhere and casual yeah. that's the thing
1: it's like and for, and and for the most part i don't think that it serves any purpose yeah absolutely which there is there's a pretense to the violence and we'll get to this later but there's a pretense to what the purpose of the violence is in this album mm-hmm. um and i get it i do not think that for the most part the misogyny maybe in a couple places but in the for the most part it seems like it's it's not high concept it's just real yeah exactly <laughs> You know. yeah <laughs> yeah it's pretty yeah gross yeah do you get the sense that
0: they're exaggerating at all or is they just kind of like flippantly calling women sluts and hoes and sewer skanks
1: i th- i do think that they are exaggerating okay I think that they're like yeah playing this part. I think they're doing carnival, but I don't think that they needed to I think it would be better without it. Yeah. I think yeah. their their message. Well, I don't know. Who's to say? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh I'm not a performance artist, so
0: That's true. <clears throat> Let,
1: let's let's talk about let's talk about that as we like yeah. yeah 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 maybe when we see misogyny we'll just be like hey was this good misogyny <laughs>
0: <laughs> good misogyny or bad misogyny and
1: then we'll, we'll have a little miso- misogyny rating
0: oh my god that's good gonna be the successor to the pander meter is the <laughs> good or bad misogyny
1: yeah. <laughs> i'm I, honestly i'm hoping i'm hoping it goes away i really hope so too
0: so you mentioned the carnival Yes, and, and I think that means it's time to talk about Mikhail Bakhtin. And Mikhail Bakhtin, <laughs> naturally, of course, oh, I,
1: I, have, I have that up here too. <laughs> you do? You have Bakhtin? The, the, no, the, the grotesque body. Oh, yeah, that's actually not
0: the one I was going to talk about. Um, oh, okay. He has a different concept called the carnival. Well, well, go ahead. Yeah, he's a he's a um, Russian literary critic from the early to mid twentieth century. I think was when his most important things were happening. Or maybe the 70s. Yeah, somewhere around there. But he wrote a famous book called The Problems of Dostoevsky's Poetics. And in it, he talks about the grotesque body, like you said. But he also talks about the carnivalesque and how the carnival in the European cultural tradition was this time where everything was decentered and all hierarchies were torn down. And so they like crowned the carnival right. king, the rich people like. We're at the same level as the peasants and everything was kind of like mocked and inverted and the sacred became profane and they were able to make fun of things that they couldn't ever make fun of before during the rest of the year, that is. And he yeah. says, the laws, prohibitions and restrictions that determine the structure and order of ordinary, that is non-carnival life, are suspended during carnival. What is suspended, first of all, is hierarchical structures and all the- <laughs> exactly it's the purge all the forms of terror reverence piety and etiquette connected with it that is everything resulting from socio-hierarchical inequality and or any other form of inequality among people all distance between people is suspended and a special carnival category goes into effect free and familiar contact among people
1: it's just one big old bukkake
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh god that's that's a very tasteful place to take it thank you happy to help oh my god so he says carnival brings together unifies weds and combines the sacred with the profane the lofty with the low the great with the insignificant the wise with the stupid and the wise with the stupid i think is is a an interesting way to think about icp
1: or us <laughs> <laughs> or us
0: yeah i mean that's kind of what we're doing in this podcast one we're... of us is
1: wise and one of us is stupid i won't say <laughs> which one's which
0: <laughs> one is a genius the other's insane yeah, The Laboratory Mice. The dance yeah. <laughs> happens twice.
2: Before each night is done, their plan will be
0: unfurled by the dawning of the sun. They'll take over the world. Where was I going with that? Yeah, like we don't see a lot of glimmers of wisdom on this album, but I think they eventually do kind of hit on something compelling um, that we heard in the song Hocus Pocus. In fact, side note, in the, in the past couple days, I had to take a lot of breaks from this first album when I was listening to it over and over again to, like, go back to Hocus Pocus and to re-experience again yeah. the things that made us fall in love with ICP.
2: <laughs>
0: I was learning to love again. Yeah. But to get back to bakhtin he speaks about the joyful relativity of the carnival. There's like, you know, a festive atmosphere to this time where hierarchy is suspended. And one of the categories of carnivalistic, uh, excesses is profanation. He calls it, he says carnivalistic blasphemies, a whole system of carnivalistic debasings and bringings down to earth, carnivalistic obscenities linked with the reproductive power of the earth and the body, carnivalistic parodies on sacred texts and sayings, etc. And I think mm. that's a fairly good description of what ICP uh, is going for and doesn't achieve a lot during this particular album, but is kind of one yeah. of their things that they're going for.
1: it's what i'm it's what i'm hoping for that's their pretense and i'm hoping they earn it eventually yeah exactly
0: um so tell me about the grotesque body
1: uh yeah so uh it's a concept or literary trope uh also put forward by Bakhtin. um essential principle is uh of grotesque realism is degradation, the lowering of all that is abstract, spiritual, noble, and ideal to the material level. Um, uh, basically relating political conflicts to human anatomy. Um, uh, it's like using the concept uh, of, the, of the body as a figure of unruly uh, biological and social exchange. Um, so Carnival is definitely part of that and um the grotesqueness of the carnival is seen as the abundance and large amount of food consumed by the body emphasis Mm -hmm. on the mouth where the body can be entered eating drinking burping excess all done through the mouth um and then uh grotesque realism is like exaggeration hyperbole expressiveness um certain aspects of the body are referenced when talking about the grotesque. Uh, These things Mm -hmm. include elements of the body that either protrude from the body or a part of the body that can be entered. Um, This is because the body, in many cases, is seen as pure, whereas the outside world is not. Therefore, parts of the body that allow the outside world in or allow inside uh, the body out are seen as exaggeration of the grotesque. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, body grossness stuff in this mm-hmm. um and uh they they you know they do your typical you know there's a lot of like uh violent ass fucking and stuff uh mm-hmm. in this album <laughs> um but but there's a lot of there's a lot of creative and um absurd um grotesqueness and they like <laughs> for some reason a thing that comes up all the time in this is people getting their back cut off <laughs>
2: <laughs> or
1: their a, neck ripped out
0: yeah there's a and, lot of like and, repeated lyrical phrases like that which is yeah i have no it's idea just like, what doesn't make any sense
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: it reminds me of the the bit from uh, uh, flight of the concords where where oh my their, god, I was just friend thinking Dave about that. Is like You want to be careful, Brett I heard of one rapper, he chopped this guy's whole body off Just left the dick behind Don't you mean they, they chopped off his dick? No, I mean they held his dick and chopped his whole body off That's all he was in the
1: end A dick That's such a, like, profound joke <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> It's a real anyway, sh- uh,
0: ship of Theseus <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, of the dick that is uh, okay i i see what you mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah so yeah to, i think that yeah ties back into like the mix of the sacred and profane you know right
0: yeah and i think to tie the carnivalesque and the uh grotesque body together i think this could be a um A successor to the pander meter i think we could have a morality play meter because they have stated on several occasions many occasions how a lot of what they're doing with their music is sort of telling parables as a way of um telling ideas about morality or allegories morality plays were pretty prevalent around the time that carnival was an important uh time in medieval europe and they're a type of allegory yeah. in which the protagonist is met by personifications of various moral attributes who try to prompt him to choose a godly life over one of evil. So essentially like up staged play version of something like pilgrim's progress. Right. Yeah. And in fact, most morality plays focus more on evil and resisting temptation right. than they do on embracing good. So that's sort of the tradition that ICP harkens back to, um, Whether consciously or not. It's very,
1: very moral music. (laughs) It is in a strange way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We should, we should also talk about clowns, which is like, you know, obviously related to carnival and stuff. But like, I I just got a couple of things here that I thought were interesting. Uh, The clown character uh, develops out of the... um, uh, Zani rustic fool characters of the early modern comedia dell'arte ironically considering how much hate they have for rural people on this album right right um which which were them themselves directly based on the rustic fool characters of ancient greek and roman theater rustic mm-hmm. buffoon characters in classical greek theater were also known as um sclero ah oh, shoot i don't know why i ever try to pronounce anything that's not in english um to play like a child is the translation um but yeah rustic peasant digger laborer these are like the words that it means um and it's interesting that you brought that up because when i read this i was like i was thinking to be a clown is to represent poverty so you're saying when you hear this and this makes sense you're you're reading of mm-hmm. this it's not just poverty it's rural poverty specifically right the rustic um, fool so like right not just the poor urban fool it's the the rustic fool mm-hmm. yeah cuz the, these aren't no rodeo clowns <laughs> they ain't no rodeo clowns that's definitely for sure they're profoundly not yes did you did you read the liner notes uh
0: i read part of them the whole, the whole bit about welcome to the show, the traveling ghetto, no longer will the ghetto be the slum that you keep your kids away from. Yeah. whole thing. Yeah. yeah. There's like a whole yeah. screed. Um, and basically the idea is that each ICP album has a kind of theme. They call it a Joker's card. And there's sort of a loosely connected narrative on this album. And the theme is inner city poverty. And so this yeah. album is an expression of a fantasy that the violence that the poor live with every day in urban settings will explode out of the ghettos and be visited on the rest of the country. Um, that a lot of times they talk about like rich people or politicians or the governor of Michigan, but they also have a lot of hate for poor yeah. rural white people.
1: Yeah. To me, it feels like, uh, like Tarantino levels of like white guilt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's like, why are you tr- trying so hard right now to like hate racists? This seems suspect to me.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I didn't feel that. I've, I felt like kind of I was totally on board with their anti-racism. It's just that so much of it was expressed at the same time that they were super bigoted toward rural people. <laughs> they they have like we'll get into it later but they have like an entire song just insulting quote-unquote rednecks as being like slack-jawed yokels that eat pig's feet and fuck horses and stuff and then they throw in a line like yeah "Yeah, fuck y'all racists and it's like well yeah i mean i'm not one to cry reverse racism or anything like that but it's pretty it's like the laziest stereotypes of rural people all of them just rolled together in a pretty hateful way
1: yeah, and I think it's pretty distracting from the like I mean racism from poor white folks is dis- is destructive and it is bad, mm-hmm. but it's it's a symptom, you know, it's mm-hmm. not the system of racism, you know, or at least it isn't anymore. Um like I th- I feel like making uh <laughs> rednecks the scapegoat for all of America's racism is like Totally missing the point. Yeah. Totally totally missing the point. And I think and yeah, it's what uh I think it's what the racists who are actually like in power like want um people to think. Yeah, like look at those stupid people. They're mm-hmm. so stupid that they're racist. You know, <laughs> when there's actually a lot of really intelligent, really dangerous and scary people with a lot of resources that are like profoundly racist and in profoundly racist systems.
0: Yeah, exactly. So
1: I was re- I was really bothered by the depictions of rednecks in this. I totally was too. I mean, we had all that all that talk
0: about redneck culture and what it means to be a redneck with Garth and people who self-identify as rednecks and toxicity in that community or the drive to call yourself a redneck and that is like so much less bothersome to me than what icp is doing here towards people that they they call rednecks yeah so we're gonna have to i think go quickly through these songs i don't think
1: that'll be a problem
0: (laughs) this album has 15 songs it's so goddamn long all right let's go tell me about the song called intro
2: the wind chimes sent their peaceful melodies into the ears of the sleepy residents but the unusual was approaching in the distance. Something evil headed toward this small town as the residents slept. Something crept.
1: Intro, Carnival of Carnage. Uh, this is, it's kind of like, um, thriller, like the Vincent Price part in thriller. It's just like the kind of like spooky narrator, um, setting the scene to the, uh, uh, to, to the play. Um, it was a soft, gentle Mm -hmm. night in the little town of, of, well, your town. And then, uh, it goes on to talk about, um, something evil headed towards the small town, uh, as the residents slept, uh, they brung with them, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, is, is a lyric, uh, savage gestures, uh wicked ringmasters horrid freak shows it's uh is uh, it's a carnival of carnage um the yeah, carnage that they exactly. had lived with for eternity the morning uh th- that's what they brought <laughs> sorry <laughs> yep <laughs> um the people of this town will unwillingly witness the show of their lives only rumored to exist they will be the next to die helplessly at the carnival of carnage <laughs> All of these people in this small town are going to die. Did you read all of it? No, I read, I read, I read almost all all of it. it. No, less than half. Shut up.
0: (laughs) You're moving on from, (laughs) you're moving on from reading the intro lyrics to reading the all of the lyrics.
1: So basically this introduction is saying this carnival of carnage is going to come and murder this whole town. It's your town. Better watch out. Um, They don't say why yet. There's a little hint in there. But later they'll say why this carnival of carnage has come to town.
0: It reminds me a lot of the first part of the movie Something Wicked This Way Comes. Do you ever watch that? No, I haven't. Okay, well it's it was re- released by Disney back in the early '80s, and it's an adaptation of the Ray Bradbury novel. And uh, it's kind of like a um, it's like a monkey's paw morality tale. The movie opens with some very frightening music and a diabolical train approaching a town. And then the train magically unloads a spooky circus where people get their desires, but they're not quite what they thought they would be.
1: Huh. Yeah. It's it very like very much an allegory and morality tale with like a carnival atmosphere.: Were any of their desires to get their necks ripped off?
0: <laughs> well, one guy wanted his back cut off, <laughs> and one guy's nuts fell off uh, like yeah. twice, I think. <laughs> We'll get into that okay yeah. and and we decided we're not going to synopsize the next song track two which is called Carnival of Carnage because those are the only lyrics in the song
1: well at the end to technically it's part of this track, but at the end two dope says... Yo, and now for your enjoyment, please welcome the icy motherfucking P. And he says it just like that.
0: There is an interesting fact about. I mean, I, I've read this in a couple of places, um, so I don't think it's uh, incorrect, but you never know if, what you can trust on Genius.com. But Genius.com says ICP paid Isham three hundred dollars to produce and perform on this intro, but he <laughs> he pronounced "Carnival of Carnage" as "Carnival of Carnix." And he refused to re-record it, so Violent J <laughs> had to, like, rip it out and do it himself.
1: Yeah, this is the shittiest track on the album. It's like... It's terrible.
0: It's, it's really pointless. bad. Yeah. There are, interestingly enough, there are some backwards vocal samples that I don't care enough to reverse.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about The Juggler? And if you're
2: going to break you! You can't fuck with the juggler. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he is the juggler. He'll cut your in tight, eat your face, and slit your motherfucking pearls. You can see this freak show at the world-famous Carnival of Carnage. Keep juggling, motherfucking...
0: This is... It's essentially just a, a boasting song about a character named the juggler who it's hard to tell if, like, Violent J is setting himself up as... The Juggler, if that's like Violent Jay's alter ego. Yeah,
1: Violent Juggler.
0: Violent (laughs) Juggler. I guess. Um, Anyway, the Juggler goes on a violent rampage, just like in so many songs on this album. And that part's not super interesting, but there are some kind of hints of some fairly interesting things going on. Like there's a um, kind of interesting tying together of mental health and compulsion and how that interacts with poverty. He has these lines where he says, Mr. Shrink, Mr. Shrink, I'm sick. Lunatic, talk, it don't quit. Or sorry, lunatic, tick, talk, it don't quit. It don't quit, it don't quit. Mr. Shrink, I'm sick, a lunaticy tick. The doctor told me I'm a psycho, so I ate his face like I don't know.
1: Yeah, there's some like really funny eating sounds <laughs> in the <Yes>. background. A <laughs> the, the doctor told
2: me I'm a psycho. So I ate his face like I don't know. Knife to the neck
1: and I got some more. There's a, there's a lyric a little a little later on. <laughs> if you're a little kid, I'ma take you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a neck, I'ma a break you. <laughs> it's a really good couplet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very good rhymes. Very, very uh, good rhymes. Um, but I was going to say, this is where the term juggalo comes from. Uh, there yeah. was a live show in 1994 where they were just kind of like playing around and improvising with the juggla and... Uh, I thought it was Shaggy Tudo, but I guess it could have been Violent J because he's the main guy performing on this song. Just started kind of spontaneously referring to the crowd as Juggalos, and they embraced it and they went from there. It's the deadhead of, of ICP. Exactly. And I'll, I'll say that this song has the most connection to the carnival, I think, out of any song. It even has like carnival music. Um, it's the most that yep. like fits in with the atmosphere, even if the, it doesn't quite get into some of the social commentary that they're trying to go for. Um, but it, it lays out a lot of what this album is about. And in fact, a lot of the later songs are kind of unnecessary after this one.
1: Yeah, basically, the, the song is um, Violent J talks about how crazy he is, and then Too Dope in the um, in the interludes, like there's a fun Uh, it switches to like carnival music and he's a carnival barker uh, and Mm -hmm. um, he just basically says the Violent J is available for hire as entertainment also he'll kill you (laughs) so cut your
0: back off for a small fee (laughs) He will come to your birthday party wedding and bar mitzvah Uh, skip to the loo they end each verse with and then I might mug ya which is just to set up the rhyme with the juggler so that's not a great rhyme (laughs) because they're talking about cutting off your back and stabbing you in the face and eating your dick or whatever. <laughs> and then <laughs> and he's like, I might mug you. It's like, well, that's a lot less imposing after you said you were going to do those other things to me. <laughs> I do like some of the, the wordplay that they get into on this album. Like, uh, for instance, here, the word schizophrenic becomes schizofrantic. I think that's kind Pretty of good. fun. They do it a little bit later with, uh, Psychopathic it ends up being like psych psychopathic,
1: yeah, which he kind of rhymes with hatchet,
0: yeah, sort of. Oh man,
1: <laughs> when he sings "Skip to My Lou," or when he says "Skip to My loo at the end of the last interlude, it's super funny. Uh Come on, mm-hmm. come all and have the juggler cut your face off. Skip to my loo
2: And have the juggler cut your face off. Skip to
1: the loo Skip my <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty funny. I That's laughed out loud. That's pretty enticing. That. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then comes the next song, which is called First Day Out.
1: So First Day Out of Prison. That's what the song's about. Uh Violent J yeah, gets. I kinda wish up. it were
0: a, an anthem about coming out of the closet. It would have been way better.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I want the world to know I'm going to cut your back off Not that closet, but Um, okay Violent J gets picked up by the fellas As he walks out of jail Uh, They set him up with a blind date Um, (laughs) My nuts are kind of hard So I need a mate Who says that? My nuts are hard (laughs) What does that even mean? These nuts are hard I need a mate (laughs) These nuts (laughs) I need Mm. a pair bond (laughs) Um, Yeah (laughs) he just it's a forced rhyme essentially yeah, for blind dates so you get set up uh my homeboy's cousin set me up with a blind date and basically at this date he 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 tells the this woman i guess over the phone to take a taxi and then he'll pay for the tab but he left his wallet at home and then he goes on to just mm-hmm. like order a bunch of food and um and make her pay for it all and he's just a really really shitty date um and then they go home to have sex at his dad's house, and uh, mm-hmm. and her dad's house, right? Well, do they go to both dads' houses? I got confused. They go to someone's dad's houses' house. Hmm. Um, Somebody's daddy. I don't really care. Uh, and here's the line that I. Okay, so. There's going to be some things that are like entertaining to me in this that are like super problematic. This is a misogynistic line that for some reason I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> so, mm. so I'm sorry. Right. Now the juggler's is known to smack hoes, but I need the shot mm-hmm. too. So I switch to the Mac mode. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then, and then he, he goes on to, uh, to just like dirty talk this lady. Uh, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, just, for some reason that was <laughs> was entertaining to me. And then he
0: And the first appearance of the phrase sewer skank, which comes up several times. Yeah. Uh
1: what he says, okay, tell you what you let me stick it and I got a leftover piece in uh piece of chicken for ya. Ho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. Got a leftover piece of chicken for ya. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so um that's yeah, pr- pretty gross song. There's a funny line that's <laughs> So she goes to the bathroom at some point, and and he says, probably took a long. When they're in the restaurant, yeah. When they're in the restaurant, and he says, probably took a long, greasy ass, smelly shit. And then the oh, the line right out. So that's really gross. But the line after that is, I ain't saying nothing though. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like the model of decorum, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <He's> just... <laughs>
0: And that's after he sucks up a bowl of soup Through his missing tooth Yeah (laughs) (laughs) So he's like being very restrained And reserved And
1: polite And this comes up at least once more in this album uh, Like women pooping And his feelings about that Yes (laughs) He has a lot of feelings about that
0: Yeah This song's kind of a It's got like a laid back Kind of Snoop Dogg G-Funk West Coast hip hop thing Going on in the music And uh that's kind of kind of fun, I guess, but it 's like it's if you 're listening to this album for the first time this this song is so bizarre, yeah. because they just completely drop the whole carnival narrative, yeah, right off the bat, uh, and not to mention it explicitly takes place in the city, uh, yeah in Detroit, like a lot of songs in this album do. Uh, which is weird because the whole theme of the album is like this traveling carnival that comes to yes. your town, a small yep. town. And this is the first instance of just absolutely disgusting misogyny. Yeah. Um, <sighs> y- you pointed out, you pointed out a place where it was kind of funny, but it's
1: not that funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not that funny. And the rest of the song, he calls her bitch. ho, slut sk- sewer, skank sack, chasing and hoe. Yeah. It's just like super troubling.
1: Yeah. Not great. This is this is the point where I uh, I slacked you and I was like, this is a couple weeks ago and I was like, Nathan, I'm a few songs in and I don't know if we can do this, man. I just I can't stomach this. <laughs> yeah. Well, hold on to your butts because it's about to get
0: worse. Yeah. The next song is called Redneck Ho. Reppin' to
2: this bitch with a redneck, with a redneck, redneck. redneck. the fucking, fucking redneck. Reppin' to this bitch with a redneck. A down south bitch with a red ass neck. You got a red neck. But you look kind of straight, so I'm about to Hurt you like fucking in You never see boys.
0: And synopsis. Man, fuck this song. Yeah. It's terrible. Uh, Violent J meets up with a quote, redneck woman, is how he refers to her. No, he doesn't say woman, but he says redneck. And he wants to fuck her. So he spends this song insulting her, her family, and her background. Uh, including such standout lines as but i hate the way you fucking hillbillies talk so keep your filthy ass mouth shut and don't say shit nasty slut and then the chorus goes bitch use a hoe and hoe use a bitch everybody know that use a funky funky
1: bitch it's a very obnoxious chorus as well as offensive but it's like very obnoxiously offensive (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) it's obnoxious and offensive it's very sing-song they have some vocal effects that make them sound like uh pitched up so like kids i guess it's almost like a bully chanting
2: yeah
0: and every lazy stereotype about the southerner or the rural person is here um their main criticism Again, uh, of the rednecks, the quote-unquote rednecks, is that they're bigoted even while ICP shows their bigotry toward these same
1: people. There's a couple funny parts in uh, Two Dopes. (laughs) There's a couple funny couplets. One is, once again, like, none of this is as funny as, like, the well-meaning Garth, you know, stuff that we can talk about. Yeah. But, like, this is a funny line. I can take a little Conway Twitty when I'm sucking on a redneck titty, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty funny line. <laughs> like it I is like actually that. Pretty funny, and yeah. here's an, here's another one that <laughs> is really funny to me. Um, Bitch, I'm from the big city, and I'm finna fall asleep on your big titty. Like you want to fall asleep <laughs> on it? That's hilarious. I
0: guess post coital.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like that little yeah. detail, I think is pretty funny. The rest of the song is abhorrent, but that actually yeah. made me smile.
0: <laughs> um, there's a there's a story about I think it was uh, too dope uh, about how he briefly lived in Bonnie Dune in North Carolina, oh. which is a trailer park town just outside Fort Bragg, um, where his brother had been staying with the U.S. Army, and while there in North Carolina, he witnessed firsthand the hatred and open racism directed toward African-American citizens. I'm quoting from Wikipedia right now, as well as the minorities serving in the army and became disgusted and infuriated with the actions that took place. Yeah. So he himself has like a background with seeing some of this stuff happen. And he, I, I don't begrudge him like his knee jerk reaction against racists, but there's just like, I don't know, bitch, you got a redneck, but you look kind of straight. So I'm about to step heard you like fucking in pig pens you never see boys so you fuck your girlfriends there's just like so much dumb and offensive stuff
1: yeah
0: Um, yeah it's pretty gross they do have some like they kind of throw a bone to north and south politics yeah they say i think this is in the verse from john kick jazz which is shaggy two dope's brother and was briefly in the band but left before this album was released and uh, he says, bigots in the North seem to get respect. You know, I'll choke that greasy neck. In the South, there's a lot of good faces. So he, it, they do say that there are people in the South that aren't, like, disgusting, slack-jawed yokel, hillbilly racists. Yeah. Um. So they have a little bit of lip service there, and they do that in another song later on, too. Yeah. At least it's not, like, 100% universal, but it's a pretty tiny little bone.
1: Yeah. Shall I talk about Wizard of the Hood? <laughs>
0: Tell me about Wizard of the Hood, another song that explicitly takes place in Detroit. you yep. I got
1: a
2: grip on my weapon, cause this midget motherfucker and his boys are stepping. Oh my, look at the witch. You crushed and killed that wicked old bitch. And they saying that I'm doomed, cause I killed some ho that rides on a broom. Fuck this, I'm going back to where I stay, and I'm walking down the yellow brick alleyway.
1: Yeah, so. They already made this, and it's called the Whiz. <laughs> it was a lot better. That's exactly uh, right. I don't really. I'm. I'm pretty bored with this song. I think this song is like, not as, not as good as a lot of as some of the other songs on this album. Just in its like the flow is. There's a lot of rhythmic contrivances and forced rhymes and mm-hmm. weird. Uh, Rhythms in the delivery And it's like kind of boring to listen to Um Kind of like do you ever listen to Curtis Blow (laughs) No Never Uh, You should listen to some Curtis Blow. Like, it's actually funny to listen to him, uh, but like, he's the one who does the basketball is my favorite sport. I love the way they dribble up and down the court. (laughs) Like, oh my God. (laughs) But he has a really funny Christmas (laughs) song that everyone should listen to. Like a a 1990s PSA level of rapping. Yes. And this, a lot of this feels very sort of childish in quality to me. Um, But basically, my name's Violent J, and I'm here to say, I like big raps in a major way. (laughs) Fruity Pebbles. Um, (laughs) Basically, it's the Wizard of Oz, uh, but it's Violent J instead of Dorothy, um, although Dorothy makes a quick appearance. um, And uh, he, like, passes out drunk at a party and um, has this vision of Oz, and basically... Uh, it's pretty boring, but basically he just like interrogates everyone that he meets in Oz at gunpoint, and then him and the Tin Man and Scarecrow and the Lion, I think if I got this all right, they all um, yeah, yeah murder the, the they murder the Wizard, um, with guns who is the Wizard and cluster bombs I don't know yeah
0: is it just like what <sighs> it's so frustrating to like the. You never see him. You have no idea who he is or what he does. Does he represent something? Is no, that an allegory? I don't, is it the I don't mayor so. of Detroit? <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of weak. Yeah. Uh, Cameron, what is this song doing on this album?
1: I Well, I think I read something that it was on an earlier album.
0: Right. But why is it on this one? It totally doesn't even come close to fitting the theme or the plot
1: or anything. I think they're just trying to fill out their, their album. Like they're not totally committed to <sighs> their theme. Because, yeah,
0: but they have 15 songs. They didn't,
1: yeah, that they didn't many. need to at all. It's track number two on ICP's 1991
0: EP Dog Beats. Okay, so yeah, um, this is another song featuring John Kick Jazz, which we talked about last song. It's a pretty uh, funny are,
1: name, like an MC name, yeah. Kick Jazz. It's yeah. hilarious.
0: <laughs> that is pretty good. Um, and genius describes him as one of the quote Pete bests of the group.
1: Yeah, uh, one of one In of fact, the many I, Pete I do John
0: Kick Jazz quite well. <laughs> okay, I used to hang out with John Kick Jazz mm. a lot. Hi, Paul. We were, we were we were best friends. Get it? Best. Yes. <laughs> now let me tell you about Delray. <laughs> okay, I looked it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> um. Uh, In fact, I'll take over from here, Paul. Okay, thanks. Yeah, do
1: you you two just want to talk for a while and I'll just go use the restroom?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, Paul, tell me about Delray. All right. I read on Wikipedia that in the 1990s, the neighborhood dealt with large gang membership. And in 2007, the Detroit Metro Times described Delray as, quote, the closest thing to a ghost town within a city. Okay, well, thank you for your expert knowledge on Detroit, Paul. Yeah,
1: thanks for reading some stuff, Paul.
0: <laughs> thanks for reading off of Wikipedia. Oh, you're quite welcome. I had the best time. Okay, bye. <laughs> you always try to get rid of Paul McCartney so quickly, Cameron. It makes me panicky. It. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I would think you'd be more excited about having a celebrity guest. <laughs> Famous. uh there are some pretty bad rhymes in this song yeah. like the, the one i point out is uh jumped in a smooth ass ride drop top geo says whiz on the side gripped it back to the hood where we came from and that shit was fun <laughs> it's so adolescent it's so bad um yeah and we'll talk about it a little bit more later when we get a counter example but there well i was gonna say there but it's mostly violent j uh his flow is just not Developed, he gets a lot better like around the time of Hocus Pocus, yeah, which is the song we fell in love with. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, next song, Guts on the Ceiling. Guts on the Ceiling. Oh,
2: you never guess what's up. My mocking head blew up. My chin's in the old man's backyard. I gotta sneak through his yard to find a marker and he's got a pit and it's sitting on my chin like a frog on a log i throw a ball trying to distract cuz i'm wanting my chinny, chin chin back i'll never
0: be i have <laughs> when i was when i was actually like reading the lyrics and taking notes and stuff i i just kept <laughs> there's this incredulousness that keeps building where i'm like okay it's another violent j song wait, it's another Violent J song. Yeah. Violent J takes lead on this one too. And then, was, and then on this one, I'm like more Violent J is too dope. Even on this album. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is a song by Violent J and it's about his head exploding. Well, that's how it begins. And there's a little, a few more hints of mental health and its connection to poverty. When he says my head's all over the block. Cause I done went lunatic talk, tick tock. He does that again. Come on, dog, what's wrong with my head? I It blew apart, but I still ain't dead. I get no respect. Yeah. And then in the second verse, his back explodes. <laughs> um, it's really hard to tell why. Uh, he says, Southwest ghetto zone done blew up my head. I got no back, hot, huh, but I ain't dead. Southwest ghetto zone done fried my brain. I got no head, said I got no head. Um, But this is... I didn't mind this song so much. It's a lot better than Wizard of the Hood. Uh he's like kind of wandering around like trying to grab pieces of his body parts that are stru- stru- strewn all over the place. Yeah. His guts are all over the ceiling.
1: I kind of I kind of liked it in like a yeah. Tim Burton kind of way. You know, just like it was it was just sort of like it wasn't really offensive it was just sort of this zombie like trying to recover his body yeah. parts and uh i like well the thing the thing is the music is actually this is probably my favorite um my favorite beats in the whole album it's actually kind of oh, surreal really? surreal and pretty like i i like it pretty well oh the yeah there's some like surreal i i like some of the more funky
0: stuff that we get into later on oh, this sure. record
1: but yeah. I, I liked how it... I liked how it paired with the, like... Yeah, image of this just, like... <laughs> um, This this walking corpse just, like, sort of confusedly wandering around. Um, yeah. Now, this is definitely one of, like, the grotesque body.
0: And uh, it has that, like, joyousness of the carnivalesque. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, this fun, silly song.
1: Uh, trying to rap to this uh, freak, but she can see oh, my I was ribs gonna read that. all in the street... Then the chit chat went dead. She noticed that I ain't got no head. <laughs> took her a while to get there, didn't That's it? That's hilarious
0: <laughs> Cameron. how long do you think you'd talk to someone
1: before you realized they ain't got no head? <laughs> um how long dep- would it take you it depends on it depends on how like engaging of a conversationalist they are, and wow. like how good of a listener they are. <laughs> what if you were distracted by ribs in the street? That might help. Human ribs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the next song, which is called Is That You?
2: Oh, man, Dave, is that you? I'm on the microphone. So what you want to do? I'm oh, on the Is that you? A wicked, 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 just for you. I drink fake, oh, it's only a buck can. I'm a boy that your tips when we fuck.
1: yeah okay so um our uh at the time of recording this we have one patreon subscriber uh albin uh Mm -hmm. and he recently said he recently said uh, hi albin thanks man (laughs) (laughs) um he recently said on facebook um can we have kid rock uh on like not on the show but like can he be a subject <laughs> of the show and he was like I'd love to hear you shit on Kid Rock and I said <laughs> I'll answer this on uh on air I'll give you a little on air shout out uh so here it is and here's my answer an on air shit out on yeah. shitting on <laughs> Kid Rock um part, yeah the idea behind like I want us to mo- I want us to to pick artists that we want to root for like yeah. artists who are aspirational for something like Garth, yeah. like had these like moments and it's like, this is the Garth that I want Garth to be, you know? Right. And like, I feel a little bit of that stuff for ICP right now. Um, Like I have, I have some hopes because I listened to that Hocus Pocus song and I was like, yeah, there's going to be some cool stuff hopefully. And uh, maybe some high concept, interesting art being made. Um, But mm-hmm. um. I, so i that's why i don't think we're ever going to talk about kid rock because the little bit that i've heard of kid rock is um is just trash and i i have no hopes for kid rock um i hope yes. to never listen to kid rock which was very disappointing because kid rock is is very prominently featured um on uh, on this track and he says on the n- exact and he says the n word in it he instantly he immediately instantly. drops the n word
0: Yeah, uh, to refer to himself. Oh my god, which is so weird. I mean, Cameron, it sounds like we should elect this man to public office. Oh my god, President Kid Rock. <laughs> but uh, Cameron, I have to say, his flow is so much better than either of the ICP guys. I think that's true. His grasp of rhythm, his grasp of rhythm, is so much more developed and interesting and compelling. And he has like this, like uh like anthemic sort of like chant thing going on um that it sounds pretty good the way he's interacting with the beats yeah i have to say
1: i mean he was definitely more experienced at this point than these other guys he's already yeah had like local fame so right yeah yeah uh, um but the stuff that he sings about is like Dumb, and I don't like it. And Violent J has a really, really funny scene towards the end of the song. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Um, yes, I think I do. Okay, yeah. so uh, I'm just gonna read it uh, real quick. Um, uh, here we go. Uh, toe, tiptoe, I snuck in your house and fell asleep, mm-hmm. butt naked, on the front couch. So excuse me, pops, I'm napping. So, could you shut the fuck up with that yapping? And your wife's all worked up for nothing. She act like she ain't never seen a wang or something. Cause it really don't matter. I'm gonna show my nuts to an innocent bystander every fucking day. Cause it's about time I say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Hope then you it get your dick sucked every day. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that I actually wrote down those exact lyrics. <laughs> It's that seems funny.
1: that seems pretty funny. This is this is I think is Violent J at his best. Um, yeah, this sort of like flippant, uh, like sociopath character who yeah is like murdering people a bunch, but then every once in a while just does something incongruous and is mm-hmm. like <laughs> just kind of <laughs> just kind of random and still bad, but like not as bad as murdering. Uh, there, there's yeah the next song like one of the main devices is is um the juxtaposition of of crazy acts that are like like the worst murder ever and then just like mm-hmm. uh <laughs> Doing doing something that's just like a little saney, <laughs> and like saying yeah, those two exactly. things in the same story as if they're equally crazy, and uh, <laughs> yeah, like this is an example of that, exactly. and I think it's really funny. <laughs>
0: I think it's pretty funny too. Um, I, I think it also like shows us. Uh, well, I think this song and especially even that part shows us the difference between the flows that uh, Kid Rock has versus Violent J, how. They kind of, the way that Violent J is constructing lyrics right now is he, he comes up with a couplet, essentially. And he just kind of stretches or compresses each line to fit into the space of music. Yeah. Uh, kind of regardless of how long it is. And that also happened <laughs> uh, earlier in The Wizard of the Hood when I was reading the lyrics about... Drop top Geo says, "Whiz on the side, gripped it back to the hood where we came from, and that shit was fun." Like, <laughs> like a super short line like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um So lyrically, not like super well constructed, but that that part is freaking yeah. hilarious.
1: So the, this song is just a, mostly about like sexual bragging. Like that's yeah, what basically. the song is. Yeah. Um Except yeah. for that weird brag, <laughs> I snuck in your house. Fell asleep fun to catch naked. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Can I just say, like, I, one of the other reasons that I like that little, like, anecdote in this song is because I, mm-hmm. I feel like it makes Kid Rock look stupid. Like, he has this, like, crazy, mm. like, story that's, like, an anti brag. Um mm-hmm. and right afterwards, Kid Rock is talking about how he can like nut like a super soaker and stuff. Um, and it's just like, <laughs> uh, I feel like Kid Rock's just trying to like brag, and Violent J is doing this other thing, and I think it automatically Violent J is clowning. Yeah, and I think it automatically makes him more interesting in this song. Um, right, and it, it makes Kid Rock sound even more ridiculous that yeah. he's.
0: Sounds so serious about these doing these weird braggy things yeah yeah okay good point night of the
2: Axe uh, Night of the axe. i in this is probably probably my favorite.
1: Really?
0: I didn't like this song very much. Really? Um, It's essentially the same song as Psychopathic and basically The Juggler. And um, this is Violent J talking about going on another interchangeable rampage. And he just basically goes around axing people. Not axing them questions, but (laughs) chopping them up. (laughs) Uh, Gotcha. Uh, There are some skits in this song that's probably the most interesting thing about it, where Jay like... Sneaks into a family's house And chops them all up Then puts their bodies In the trunk And has to evade the police He steals a bus Diced them naked And drives it Diced up all Cinco
1: Then I threw him In the Pinto
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah Um, I think this song Could have been A lot more fun If it were different From the other songs On this album Sure Or It wasn't also Super misogynist
1: Are there misogynist Um, Parts in here I forget It's a really long song
0: uh, Motherfuckers think I'm sick You ever seen a bitch Take a shit Let her dookie ass be Cause female is shitting Is news to me News to and me then, <laughs> And then Then he Very specifically uh, Targets women for violence Saying fuck this I'm finna whoop this lady Tied the bitch up To a light post Slap her in the face Cause I'm psycho Beat her down And beat her up Fucking slut Some bitches make me wonder Kicked her gut And left my number Call me fucking nympho Then I threw her Through a window Yeah So Yeah I forgot about that part <laughs> Yeah that's Very troubling. Um,
1: But then right after that is one uh, of my favorite lines. Broke, and I climbed up a tree, guy. Came back down. I don't know why. Straight up insanity. (laughs) And then right after that, he murders his family. He's
0: (laughs) climbing trees. That's how crazy he
1: is. (laughs) and backs went flinging and a toe.
0: (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's also some really just like i was talking about comparing to kid rock like some very amateurish rapping um like the next verse after that where he says it's always got to be a hero but i can't be stopped with silver bullets or a wooden stake it's your life i quickly
1: take yeah <laughs> it's pretty bad yeah that's like horrible and like, then he goes kind of don't, adolescent line don't talk shit i take a take your life take your life <laughs> i think this is the verse where he utterly abandons the rhyme scheme yes although the next line is actually pretty good
0: coppers and choppers pursue the boys in blue the whole crew that's that's a pretty good line some internal Mm. rhyming going on and coppers and choppers i like that well done joseph yes very good very very good i'll get a job at the donut shop just to poison a cop <laughs> no regard for rhythm it just goes for the rhyme <laughs> Um so why don't you tell me about psychopathic
2: Blue one and a side I make you sick violent j motherfucker psychopathic <laughs>
1: basically it's it's another murder rampage but it has more to do with um you know there's he's the he's homeless um Mm -hmm. well i mean it kind of lays it out here i've been to the stained house and it sucked paid my dues but now i'm still a street hood them um and then uh don't look for a job because there's no jobs looking for me then it all went to my head Mm -hmm. next day 49 motherfuckers dead um right and then it kind of goes goes from there um and uh there's one point uh so i'm standing by the train tracks then you see me running butt naked with a battle axe i'm swinging and slicing Mm -hmm. and chopping and cutting and uh until i'm (laughs) nutting which is pretty funny (laughs) yeah he gets off on chopping yeah uh There's another pretty funny line in here. Um, <laughs> rap to the bitch at the french fry stand, take it to the Patton Park, then I'll make a sexist remark.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, but then he, he follows it up with, because they're all eventually bitching, so if we ain't fucking take your ass to the kitchen. So...
1: Yeah. That's, hmm. I didn't like that. Yeah, it's hard to say Not like how yeah self-aware he's trying to be. What, what was that thing you were talking about, like the difference between, you know, is it really a parody um, or is it really mm-hmm. satire if you can't tell if it's satire or not? Oh, Poe's Law. Poe's Law, yeah. 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 So it's ki- kind of one of those yeah. situations. I think it's it's
0: much much to its um, discredit that they're running a afoul, afoul of Poe's Law at all because the violence that they're talking about when it's not, you know directed towards women specifically is like so cartoonish and exaggerated and so clearly serves a rhetorical and allegorical purpose that it it's pretty easy to see that it's not meant to be literal or totally sincere but yeah. something like the misogyny it it doesn't serve that kind of purpose and it's not exaggerated to the same extent right uh oh especially goddamn in the next song um which is my segue to the next song, I guess. This song is called Blacken Your Eyes.
2: And
0: fun fact, this song was left off the reprinting of the album that Island Records did uh, when icp signed to island in like the mid 90s interesting like grabbed this album and reprinted it and they left off night of the axe and black in your eyes oh interesting night of the axe i don't know why they would do that when there's psychopathic right after it probably because they they killed a
1: family of kids
0: (laughs) oh maybe that was it yeah um but this one is just like it's a completely disgusting misogyny song about how he likes to beat women yeah. Um I think it might be the worst misogyny of any song I've ever heard. <laughs> at least in an overt sense. Yeah. Um so there are these lines like nasty nasty slut, I guess love is the word. You act like you ain't heard. I'm not like other guys. I'm quick to blacken your eyes. Bitchy bitchy hoe, you fucking freaky hoe. Yeah. And I don't even want to talk about this song. Like I I just don't have much to say about it and I don't really want to engage with it I mean am I I taking it the wrong way am I not getting their pose law exaggeration kind of stuff Uh,
1: yeah I mean yeah I I don't think it's necessarily very interesting but I I sort of feel like this is the example of misogyny that feels more like a skit and less like them actually being themselves. Um mm. I, it doesn't necessarily make it any better, but uh yeah. it feels more self-aware. Not necessarily better. So anyway, I'm I don't want to talk about it. Sorry this I made anymore. you engage <laughs> with it. Yep.
0: <laughs> How dare you? Yep. Yeah, tell me about uh never had it made.
2: Oh, I'm like, Fuck that. Show me that corner And got hit by a back truck
1: and up so um, this is a story song. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it starts at with uh, Saint Peter at the Pearly Gates. He won't let Violent J in. Violent J is like, "Hey, I have an excuse," mm-hmm. um, and then he goes on to just sort of tell his his testimony. Um, basically, um, he gets abused and mutilated through accidents. Uh, at school, and then he becomes uh, homeless and a crack addict. I think. Um, then he goes. I think he goes to jail, uh, and then he drops out of not drops out drops yeah, out of escapes. jail. <laughs> he drops out. He drops out of school, gets homeless, crack addict. I think murder happens in there. And then he goes to jail. Then he escapes, and then he goes back. And then he gets put in the electric chair, and then he comes back to life, and then he gets disemboweled on a fence, yeah. and then it kind of it kind of seems like it should go into guts on the ceiling.
0: Yeah, it's, it's yeah, like, it's like a prequel to that. Yeah, um, yeah, I I kind of like the song because it's it's kind of a um, there's kind of a, a rampage feel to it, especially the second half of the song, um, but it's not like a rampage in the sense that he's running around murdering people. It's kind of like, he's just running around escaping from prison and, and right. getting eating dead rats in the street. And yeah, eats it, a dead guy. I ate a dead man, yeah. Shh, but don't tell. <laughs> yeah. uh also I think the first verse is like pretty funny. Can't forget my first day at school, got stabbed in the hen- head with a pencil, but it's cool. Uh, <laughs> what about grade two <laughs> got shot in the neck and the bullet went straight through
1: <laughs> don't fuck with like, me so i'm going to grade three
0: barely surviving all these crazy thank things. god
1: it's lunch in a minute Bitten into my hot dog <laughs> with a razor blade in it and it cut my tongue off <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> what yeah <laughs> there it uh, is i bitch. dropped out of school
0: when they ripped my neck out hmm
1: well you want to talk about your re- your rebel flag <laughs>
0: Essentially, this is the same song as Redneck Ho, but yeah. without quite as much misogyny, not specifically targeting women. Um, and it opens with this skit where an older man asks a younger man, which might be his son, to bring over his, the younger man's yeah. sister, because the older man's horny. Uh Oh, isn't that hilarious? Isn't that a fun and yeah. good and novel joke that I've never heard before about how... Uh, rural people have sex with their family members. Um, and so it just has a lot of the same lyrical content, like dirty people, you know, fucking horses or whatever. I don't, I don't give a shit, but, uh, until the chorus where they just start chanting, fuck your yeah. rebel flag, like over and over and over again. Um, yeah. And I, I could totally see that after shaggy two dope spent some time in North Carolina, uh, at an army base in like the late eighties. I'm sure there was probably a lot of Confederate flags, uh, stickers or whatnot all over the place. But again, what they do, they respond to bigotry with bigotry. Uh, I can, I can sort of get behind defiant shouts of fuck your rebel flag to a certain extent, but not this like hatred toward rural white people. Um, but I mean, they do say that not everyone in the South is a racist, dirty, sister fucking piece of shit. They say uh, they have lines straight folks in the South won't have it. They put around in your racist ass quick. The cool in the South team up with the North and blow that bigot off his fucking horse. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think?
1: Well, a little something to work with there.
0: <laughs> yeah. A feeble little th- throw of a tiny little bone, as yeah, Cameron DeWitt would say.
1: Oh boy Alright let's bring this Let's bring this on home We got two more songs Oh you don't even have Anything more to say About fuck your rebel flag No I feel like I mostly said <laughs> Yeah Said everything I had to say about it, it Earlier Before we even started Talking about the songs Yeah exactly Okay tell me about yeah. Ghetto Freak Show then
2: watch it, watch it. The never let go Here's your chance To catch a glimpse Of a ghetto freak show
1: Ghetto Freak Show, g- 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 Ghetto Ghetto Freak Show. Um that happens for a while. Uh there's a really strange scene at the beginning where um it's very like Ash in um Army of Darkness kind of thing, where like the the juggler is somehow like tiny and like crawls under in the window, yeah. crawls in the ear, and then like sort of eats this person from the inside out. Mm-hmm um climbing down your spine was the fun part (laughs) yeah uh yeah so i kind of like that but then there's a bunch of other and then it kind of gets random and i don't really know where it's going um there's there's an interesting part about uh I'm trapped, don't want to be a rich man, not a poor man, I need my own land, because the rich man be stressing all the dumb stuff, they cut their fucking wrists if the grass ain't green enough, which I thought was an interesting yeah. lyric. Yeah. Um. Then there was a, a... I don't know what to do with this line. Yeah. Um. Right after it, which is... I don't even really want to read the lyrics, but basically it's just saying like and then you you're stressed out because you found out that your son's gay and then they describe the person's gayness in a very kind of hateful way yeah um and I don't know if they're saying if they're leaning into this person's homophobia and like or, if they're describing or if they're, or if, it. yeah or if they're homophobic in the way that they're describing it yeah um but um yeah it was kind of Bothersome to me either way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So um, so next song is called Taste. So
2: the rock store buy some rocks know, and I
0: hear you making fun of that. I see What's up, get your vets. It's time for you to crack some necks. And if they don't know now, show them what to expect Cause it doesn't matter the race, so the place capital E, giving the inner city taste. 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 Yeah,
2: we had it for burning
0: ham gross point and, and this one features three different I- Guest stars. Yeah, very good. This has Jumpsteady, uh, jump steady, capital E and Esham. Esham. I forget what we had decided it was. Uh so there's there's some pretty good music on this one. This one has the really funky funky guitar that I liked. Um it's another rampage song, very similar to all the others, but it is higher quality and there's a real Beastie Boys vibe on parts of this one, especially in the way that like yeah. they kind of trade off lines. Um, and even the way in some of their approach to rhythm, like this already has a better flow than many of the songs in this album. Um, so it again focuses on violence toward the rich. There's a lines, rich bitch fucker took me for a sucker. Now we killing you instead of killing each other. And it's kind of this like defiant, uh, anthem about how, you know, you set up these ghettos and force the poor people in there. And you thought we'd destroy each other and destroy ourselves but haha, ha, yeah. guess what? We're coming to kill you. Uh, in fact, there's this uh, interplay between John Kick Jazz and Too dope where uh, John starts off saying, They set it up wrong, created the ghetto, and thought it wouldn't last long. And Too dope joins in and says, Thought we'd kill each other off, didn't think we'd come to the suburbs, jack off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the guest stars show up, and there are better rappers than the ICP guys, which is a yep. continuing theme of this album. And then they team up with them to attack the governor of Michigan.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's, like, a weird part in that um, where they compare... Let me pull that up really quick. They compare him to, uh,
0: what's the... Mr. Belvedere or something?
1: (laughs) I don't know. That was it. Uh, I got it right here. Okay, so who you fucking with, Governor E.? That's it John Engler Who was the governor of Michigan When the song was released Was a frequent target of rage By ICP Uh, He enacted a policy That reduced the number of people On cash welfare by 70% Um, And then Mr. Drummond Is uh, a character on different strokes Wait, so is Mr. Drummond
0: Different from Mr. Belvedere? I have no idea Are those different things?
1: I think they're different
0: (laughs) Last that's the last one that's the end of the album.
1: Whew. Yeah, I don't necessarily have anything else to say. Uh here's here's how I'm feeling at this point like if it if this doesn't start getting like more fun uh I'm I'm going to drop this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm honestly I'm mostly just worried about like us making a boring show and you having to like work really hard to edit out us <laughs> just sort of just, Sort of like sleepily and unenthusiastically being like, well, this sucks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay. Well, how about we go to the Amazon? Oh, very good. Yes. So this album has 129 reviews and it has four stars out of, well, 3.9 out of five. The top positive review is from Lisa Davis. She says, excellent. And the title of the review is five stars. And she gives it five stars. Okay. Um, and then John N. gives it th- three stars and says, looks good. Hmm. And there's someone complaining that this one is missing the song, I think, Black in Your Eyes. I All right. It might be the... um.
1: That's my favorite one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's another reviewer who says it's widely considered the worst of the six first jokers cards uh and says i will admit i hardly ever listen to carnival of carnage um
1: you'll admit that even though you're a true juggalo
0: (laughs) yeah there's i mean i kind of appreciated how the some of the reaction i've seen to this album where it's not like they're cleaving to icp even when ICP is obviously doing things that are not great. It's like, they're not afraid to like push back a little bit. And that is my yeah. segue into a new segment that, uh, is going to replace, I think song meanings or song meanies, my little segment, uh, about the song com website. And I like to call it mm-hmm. geniuses of the genius. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. And I, uh, I don't know if you read all of the annotations to all of the lyrics, but I did. I read a fair amount of them. Yep. So on the song The Juggla, uh, on the lines, but after you leave, I'ma stalk ya. If you're a little kid, I'ma take ya. And if you're a neck, I'ma break ya. <laughs> the user CXCX writes, what the fuck, Jay? Promoting kidnapping children on the very song that defined the word juggalo? That's too much, man.
2: That's too much! man that's my favorite line
1: (laughs) that's where I draw the line (laughs) exactly Uh, I thought that was one of my favorite lines if you're a kid I'm gonna take you that's hilarious (laughs) (laughs) he's like the a boogin or like a Krampus (laughs) or something exactly (laughs) yeah
0: only wicked little kids Um, man this guy this guy CXCX is so prolific on the song "Psychopathic," uh, there are the two lines: "Grab her by the arm and break it, grab her by the life and take it." And CXCX CX writes, yeah. "I wish these lines weren't here."
1: <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> In fact, I think I like the I, I like the lyrical construction of "grab her by the life and take it." <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of that's not bad. Yeah.
0: You know? um, besides the like violence the against women of it, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, finally, this reviewer is so good. On the song, which song is this? Night of the Axe. There's a line, The ghetto took my brain and motherfucker, I want it back. And CXCX writes, Was Violet J a victim of MKUltra brain controlling experiments? Or maybe it was aliens? <laughs> See, psychopathics from outer space albums and killer clowns from outer space movie. So, I have no idea where he got MKUltra from which was you can look it up uh dear listener it's a experiment that the cia ran where they tried to control people's minds and so they slipped lsd to unsuspecting american citizens and academics and scholars and is widely believed to have wrecked ted kaczynski's brain um and sort of sending him on down the path of his terrorism and extremism and violence Ah. yep um, so that's MKUltra. Very good stuff.
1: It's sort of like Reefer Madness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, one thing I'd like to say as we're, we're winding down here, I want to say hello to all our new listeners from Mabim Hey,
1: Mabim Bam friends. Mabim We love you, and we're in love with you. If you haven't yet, you should check out our uh, Season 1, uh, just all all Garth Brooks albums. It's quite a journey. It's one of, it's, I know this is silly, but like, I like listening to it. Mm. I think it's like a good, I think it's a good show. And like our, I think our relationship with Garth is pretty touching. Mm-hmm. I and agree. I, I hope we can continue to find artists that like, are that engaging mm-hmm. as Garth is.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like I was re-listening to episode one a little bit, cause I was seeing that a lot of people were downloading it after our Mabim Bam ad. And I was like, man, Garth had some good songs on this album. I didn't qu- appreciate mm-hmm. it enough at the time, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you can visit us online at boxset.website. That's a real URL. You can email us at email at boxset.website <laughs> or tweet us at Tote BS Podcast. Um And if you like our show, it would really help us out if you could write us a review on iTunes. iTunes. It's one of the the yeah. best things you can do for free. Uh, Speaking of which, if you want to... Please
1: don't bother unless you're going to do five stars.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And if you want to support us directly, uh, even more than giving us a review on iTunes, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. Kick us a few bucks and we'll give you some bonus episodes. We have one that we recorded that I'm editing right now. Mm -hmm. It's a Garth Brooks retrospective, including some interviews with a friend of mine who grew up listening to Garth Brooks and had one of those black and red checkered shirts that Garth featured on. Oh my on, God. <laughs> was it the chase? One of those, one of those albums. Yeah. Um, you can also visit our merchandise page at store.boxset.website where we have some t-shirts where you can buy a little, uh, speaking of kid rock, a little, um, drawing of a cowboy baby that says, I want to be a cowboy baby. And
1: our shirts just came in today. Oh yeah. I just opened it
0: awesome. up. Awesome. Yeah, looks great. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've been wearing mine. It's bright orange. Um and if you're looking for other podcasts to listen to, may I recommend Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool and it's about old time music. Which is a lot of like You
1: may recommend it.
0: I may. I may I might. Banjos, I might recommend it. Fiddles. Yeah.
1: Occasionally singing <laughs> interviews. It's I play a very different character, in it. <laughs> but it's uh, in a way it's similar to this show in that it's trying to get to the heart of why music is valuable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's just music that I actually know how to play and like a lot more. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, this out. This episode's going to be posted on New Year's Day, actually, of 2018. Oh, so happy New Year's Day, everyone! Hope you had a happy wonderful holiday season and. Tell us all of your favorite Insane Clown Posse-related New Year's resolutions. Yeah. And
1: until then, I'm Nathan Hunt signing off, saying I'm a prison dropout. And I'm Cameron DeWitt, and I'm going to show my nuts to an innocent bystander every fucking day.
0: <laughs> I'm Nathan Hunt, and I act like I ain't never seen a wang or something.
1: <laughs> you do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh I'm Cameron Do it and um I switched to the Mac mode. Oh god
0: I'm Nathan Hunt and everybody knows that I'm a funky funky bitch. <laughs> I'm Nathan Hunt, I'm a nasty little pipe smoking sack chasing <laughs> hoe.
1: <laughs> See it's funny when it's not you <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh. Ooh,
1: rough one Rough Yes, that was kind of Rough Mm.
0: Rough